Welcome to Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Chris Levine, and I thank you for hanging out with me again this time around. This is our 125th episode of Refresher, which feels kind of nice. You know, we, we couldn't have gotten here without you, so thanks very much for your support and for listening. Check out this piece from the Closing the Gap website. It says, did you know that lonely people are 50% more likely to die prematurely than those with healthy social connections? This is because of several different factors. First, loneliness reduces immunity and therefore increases the risk of diseases. It also increases inflammation in the body which, like smoking, contributes to heart disease and other chronic health conditions. Being lonely also results in stress affecting you more emotionally and mentally, which has an effect on your overall health. So if you're feeling lonely, make sure you're taking the steps to combat isolation. In other words, it's telling us that being alone for long periods of time can actually have as bad of an effect on us as smoking. Now, loneliness is tricky. Here's why. We can be lonely and still be in a room full of people. I'm sure you've had experiences like that, unless you're just a very extroverted social butterfly type of a person, and maybe you might still have had experiences like that. I I remember being a teenager and on many occasions, but one in particular, going with a friend of mine to someone's house and there were like 20 people there and I was there, but I was so inside my own head that really no one else was there. And, And the more fun that they had, the more distant that I felt. Can you relate to this? And keep this in mind, this was pre internet. It was before most of the people would have been on their phones, nor did I have a phone to hide behind. I just sat there. The American Psychological Association weighs in on this angle too. It states that people who choose to devote large portions of their time to connecting online are more isolated than ever in their non-virtual lives, leading to emotional disconnection, mental fatigue, and anxiety. And when it comes to this, it's so easy to become obsessed with online relationships, if you want to call it that. Think about it. We text during dinner with our family sometimes. We text as we drive, even though we're not supposed to. We text when we're with our children in the playground. Uh, Children have actually said in a study that they try to make eye contact with their parents and are frustrated because their parents are looking down at their smartphone when they come out of school or after a school activity. Young men have 
talked about how only a few years ago, their dads used to watch Sunday sports with them. And during the station breaks or in between plays, they would talk. Now, the fathers and the sons are too often checking their emails or looking at their phones during the games. Uh, For those who would object that it's the same thing as reading a Sunday paper while you watch sports, it's just not. So we give another level of attentional commitment to our mobile devices. Listen to what this writer here says as well. It's very insightful. Says they write that mothers are now breastfeeding and bottle feeding their babies as they are texting. Of course, in feeding an infant, so much more is going on than just giving that baby nutrition. There's the emotional exchange on the most primitive level, the feeling of gratifying someone and being gratified in return. A mother made tense by text messages is going to be experienced as tense by the child. And that child is vulnerable to interpreting that tension as coming from within the relationship. So that child may feel that they and the mother have a tense relationship on some psychological level because they don't understand the concept that the texting is going on. It mentions here that this is something that needs to be watched very closely. And they close by saying this again, very insightfully. It says, it reminds me of something that has occurred to me often as I have done this research. Technology can make us forget important things we know about life. Psychology Today had a piece about being alone, but in a positive sense. Listen to this. It said, that time on the train is mine. Nothing is expected of me. The time feels stolen, like something I didn't have before, though in truth, it's the opposite. A drop of what was once in such steady supply that I didn't even notice it was there. Or what about this quote? Here, alone, in the street, I feel free as I do nowhere else except perhaps at my desk. There is no one to bore, no one to embarrass or threaten me. No one to whom I owe attention or from whom I need attention. I feel free to just be there, to shop, to dawdle, or to move on as I will. It's interesting, introverts and extroverts each have their own spins on all of this. Essentially, loneliness is a huge gray area to explain because all of us experience it and cope with it very differently. Pop culture showed Tom Hanks making friends with a volleyball because of his loneliness. Uh, In the 1957 Bergman film, Wild Strawberries, a a lonely professor is confronting the emptiness of his entire existence. But, But sadness often can be macheted down by friends and by relationships that keep us from getting so deep into our own heads that we become numb. I I love this piece that I found online. Listen to this. I'm just going to read it to you. The saddest cartoon character of all time, no doubt, is Charlie Brown. The dutiful, long-suffering owner of Snoopy in the comic strip Peanuts is dealt a heavy dose of real life, and boy, does he feel it. We all know 
being a kid is tough, but rarely do the stories we tell ever mention that fact. It's like something adults have forgotten or hidden secret parents don't want you to know. Well, Peanuts knew. The strip demonstrated the struggle, pain, and downright misery of childhood all through one hapless individual named Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown was born without good looks or discernible talents. He was constantly ignored or put down by others. And yet his heart remained filled with trust, hope, and ambition. He dreamed of being great at baseball, yet he could barely scrape a team together. And when he did, they got beaten, and then he himself would take the blame. His dog couldn't remember his name. He had the football pulled away from him at the last minute. The writer said, I feel just sad typing this. But the good news, as demonstrated by Charles M. Schultz, the one who created it, is that life is a many splendored thing. And while it contains a huge amount of sadness, it also contains friends, joy, uncertainty, and pumpkins. Feeling sad is just one of the aspects of being human. And in that regard, Charlie Brown lives on inside the hearts of every one of us. Now, back to me again. This is me talking. This made me wonder, I wonder if Charlie the character was Charles the cartoonist on some level. The reason is, is because he got it. He understood it and he was able to convey it. So I looked into this a little deeper. I kind of had to. And two things that I found resonated with me in my search. One, Charlie Brown throughout the series had an obsession with a little red-haired girl in the strip. Now, she was based on a real-life obsession that Charles Schultz had for a young redhead named Donna Mae Johnson. The couple met while working together at Art Instruction, which was an art correspondence school. Now, before they had been together for three years, at that point, Charles asked her to marry him. So they had been together. They had been a couple for, for three years. And then he asked her to marry him. She refused only to marry another man in October of the same year. And they had been going out for three years prior to this. So while the two remained friends, it seems that Schultz never completely recovered from his broken heart. He once said of the ordeal, I can think of no more emotionally damaging loss than to be turned down by someone whom you love very much. A person who not only turns you down, but almost immediately will marry the victor. What a bitter blow that is. Guys, in my brain, that's very Charlie Brown. Secondly, Schultz knew he was becoming sick in the late 90s. and He announced his retirement in December of 1999 and requested that the publishers discontinue the series after his death. Well, he continued to produce enough Sunday strips to last through mid-February. And on Saturday, February 12, 2000, he passed away. Only two hours later, the final Peanut strip was printed. So check this out. Charles Schultz 
and Charlie Brown essentially died on the same day, two hours apart. I don't know. What I do know is this. Even us introverts out there, when life pulls away our football, when we're about to kick it, it's easier to then have support than it is to go home alone and dwell on it. Uh, If that report is correct, that loneliness can do as much damage as a cigarette addiction can, it tells me that being cool and aloof and mysterious really isn't worth the end result. Think about it. Many people, especially in earlier decades, started smoking for one big reason, to look cool. Similarly, many relish in an, I don't need anyone, I'm an island, you'll never figure me out because the imagery is so romanticized and seemingly cool. But premature death isn't cool. So fellow introverts, I'm sorry, but we just have to try harder. We, we may never fully turn into a social butterfly, and that's okay. But at certain points in our lives, our cocoons are not doing us any favors. We have once again arrived at the time on Refresher when we present you with a Spotify playlist to express our theme musically. We have for you this time around a Refresher podcast loneliness playlist. I bet you this is going to get more plays than almost anything. People look up keywords, and I have a feeling because of the state of the world, this one's going to get a lot of hits. You can find it really easily on Spotify. Just type in Refresher Podcast Loneliness Playlist. Track number one is the wonderful song Be Near Me by ABC. Number two is Portishead with Sour Times. Number three is by a band called the Dizzy Lilacs. Uh, I was friends with their guitar player, Damon, literally from kindergarten to when we actually graduated high school together. So number three is the Dizzy Lilacs, and the song here is called Up Late. Number four, Stars of the Lid, with a meaningful moment through a meaningless process. If you aren't into ambient music, this track is kind of a nice place to start, along with, of course, Brian Eno's ambient projects. Number five, Lonely is the Night by Billy Squire. Number six, we're going to keep rocking with Alone Again by Dokken. And the rock doesn't stop there. Number seven, a band Jimmy Page was in after Led Zeppelin called The Firm with the song Someone to Love. I was able to interview their bassist a while ago, Tony Franklin. Dude, he's a heck of a bassist right there. He usually is a fretless bass player. You can hear that on this song. It's fretless. Uh, Number eight, one of my top five disco songs of all time, Don't Leave Me This Way by Thelma Houston. Number nine, a nice deep track by Blind Faith called Had to Cry Today. And number 10, The Polecats with Make a Circuit With Me. The guitarist here named Boz went to go on to play with Morrissey, and he was a nice guy when I interviewed him as well. Which, by the way, Tony Franklin was a super nice guy too, and I neglected to mention that. That's our new playlist. Again, you can find this playlist really, really easily on Spotify. You just type in Refresher Podcast Loneliness. 
we'd like to welcome some new listeners to our show. This time it's a, an entirely new place. Our demographics reports show that we now have listeners in Vojvodina, Serbia. I hope I pronounced that correctly. If I didn't, I apologize. Welcome, Serbia, to Refresher. This show simply would not exist without you. If you could all do me a favor, please continue to pass this podcast along to your friends. Also, if you'd like to help keep this podcast stay up and running, only if you'd like, you can make a small monthly contribution. Just see the Support This Podcast link under the episode description. You can also check out our website for all things Refresher at refresherpodcast.yolasite.com for Refresher clothing options and gear, as well as all of my books and interviews and links to friends of the show. Friends such as our friends at Leafy, L-E-A-F-V-E, based in Southern California. We've got our friends at DesignCraft out of New York City, and of course, our friends at the Managing Expectations podcast with Jeff and Brian, which is always a good, strong listen. Check them all out online. Again, that's refresherpodcast.yolasite.com. As always, the music that begins and ends this podcast is by the band Dive. The song is called A Day Late, and it was written by none other than Mr. John Villafuerte. But until next time, this is Chris Levine for Refresher, the Pop Culture Therapy Podcast. Everyone, please take care and do yourself a favor and remember that there's a big difference between worry and concern. We'll see you next time.